0: Welcome to the dog classroom, the dog classroom podcast. I am your co-host Anne Marie and I'm your co-host Amelia like and subscribe on Spotify and YouTube in video format. And now into the episode surprise, Kelsey's back. We have uh, instructor Kelsey here with us and we are going to do another episode because we just have so much to talk about, um, that we couldn't possibly keep it to just one. <laughs> so, uh, this episode we are going to talk about working dogs more specifically uh service dogs therapy dogs yeah and some pet dog stuff as well yeah okay so to start us off why don't we talk about um why did we choose this topic
1: so i uh, do service dog training with the dog classroom um and we help you know owners train their own service dogs so We thought that um, I was noticing some stuff in my training and, you know, talking to clients and everything. And when I was doing public access training with clients and we kind of thought we should do an episode about service dogs. Yeah, because there's a lot of
0: uh, there's some misconceptions out there. There's stuff that, you know, maybe the public doesn't really know that they should or shouldn't do when they see a service dog. So. Um, Why don't we start with, uh, number one, defining what each of these working dogs are. So we're going to start with service dogs, obviously, because we're already talking about it. So a service dog in Ontario uh, is a dog that has uh, been noted by a regulated health professional to uh, basically service somebody that has a disability. And in Ontario, we're only talking about Ontario in this episode. Um, if you look online, there's so much stuff out there about service dogs, and most of it is gonna be American. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the misconceptions that people have um, are coming from these internet memes and, and things, you know, just people being misinformed and posting stuff. Um, so we're talking specifically about Ontario. On our website, we actually have a service dog training page which um, initially we developed because we want to make sure that when people are coming to us with a service dog, they understand what they want. So yes, there's a difference between therapy dogs and service dogs. And then what exactly is a service dog? So if you go to our website, we actually have the links there that have the full, uh, the law from, you know, the AODA and um, telling you, you know, who is a regulated health professional and, and what, you know, who do you need to see to get a service dog? Uh, prescribed to you and also what do you need for that dog so there's lots of scams out there yes so why don't you talk about some of those um maybe misleading things that people get into
1: yeah I also want to just touch on um the fact that yeah you said this is only for Ontario especially in Canada each province has their own laws regarding service dogs so um everything here is just for Ontario like you said yeah
0: and traveling with your service
1: dogs is a whole other ball game (laughs) a very different ball game um especially owner trained service dogs but we probably won't get into that today we'll see yeah (laughs) we'll see um
0: what was the question again the question was what are some Mm -hmm. of the uh sort of misleading websites and things that people get sort of hooked into when they start Googling and researching getting a
1: service dog so I think probably the biggest one that we're looking at is certification for service dogs so people want certification for service dogs and Mm -hmm. I I get that. It's absolutely it's a great thing to want. Uh, but in Ontario there is no formally recognized certification for service dogs. There's no course they have to take to pass. You don't have to actually like pay for a license. And so if you go online and you look up service dog and preparing for this podcast, I was, you know, looking up service dogs, just seeing what's out there. It's, you know, there's certifying things. They say they're gonna certify your service dog or they're going to, you know, give you papers for your service dog. And anything that's telling you that in Ontario is not something you actually need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something you could get as a bonus, but if they're charging you money for it, chances are it's just um, it's a money grab. Exactly, money yeah. grab. And I've seen people sink
0: hundreds, <laughs> if not thousands, into yes. these, you know, programs or these, you know, even just like submitting their personal information yeah. to a website to get a, a certified, you know, a little card or something. And it's you don't need that in Ontario. And yeah. I think people people can make the choice, like for you said, sure. if they want to do that. It's up to them, you know, bonus. Great. Um, but you could easily, you know, if you want that, if that makes you feel better going somewhere with your service dog, you could also make that or, mm-hmm. you know, order it from a
1: small business where you're not sinking, um, all these resources into something that's not needed. Exactly. And I think you have to look at the investment they're looking for from you. And also what, what are they providing you with? Is it just a card? Cause like you said, you yeah. can just go print that out yourself if you really wanted a card or you have a service dog vest. Um, but you are going to want an actual trainer to work with and if that's not something that organization is providing you with um you might want to look somewhere else because then you're just sinking a lot of money into something that's not going to get you what you need for the service dog which is really the training component Mm -hmm. i think
0: and that was initially why i had um, made the page on the website for service dogs because i found that people were being misled and i really wanted to set out. Um, So yes, there's the laws around service dogs. No, they don't need in Ontario, again in Ontario, they don't need any specific training. So there's no specific, your dog has to do this task and that task. There's just, you need the note from Mm -hmm. your healthcare provider. And, you know, we wanted to make that clear, but also make it clear that we as the trainers have some expectations as well. Yeah. So we aren't going to work with a team that we don't think is suitable, we're not going to put a dog into public access that we don't think um, has the skills to be doing public access, because that overall is not um, maybe making the the
1: service dog community, you know, doing them any favors. Exactly. Um, And I think that's an important thing to recognize too, is yes, Ontario's standards for service dogs are really, I guess, is liberal, loose. Yeah the standards you have to meet for Ontario are the bar is on the floor. Yes. Um, (laughs) However, when you're working with a trainer, or at least should be like this when you're working with a trainer, they should have their own standards that you have to meet and be putting you through um, enough training to have your dog uh, perform effectively as a service dog. So you want the dog to be able to ignore people and dogs and other distractions and mainly focus on you. Uh, You want them to do tasks and you want them to be able to do those tasks effectively and well. And you want them to be able to do those everywhere. So maybe they can do them inside the home, but you need to also take those outside the home too.
0: Yeah. Um, And and I will add there, there are, I've had mm -hmm. a few clients who who don't want public access with their dogs, which is totally fine. You can have a service dog that works at home. Absolutely. Um, So if you have like a reactive dog or something that you really, you don't want another dog that you want that to be your service dog. We, we will work with, you know, for sure teams that want to work at home. But so you're saying when you're going out with these teams, you, you know, you're, you have a standard of behavior that you want them to
1: display. Exactly. Being your client. Yeah. And I think even within the home, you need your dog to be able to focus on you while they're working at least. um as a service dog so it's an important component
0: so when somebody's looking at potentially having a service dog uh to help them with their disability what are some of the tasks that you've seen or that you've you know um worked with clients on um that the tasks what are the tasks that are helping
1: these individuals so like you just said um, it's going to be individual to each person who's getting a service dog. So depending on what they need is the task we're going to train. But some examples are uh, you can train the dogs to retrieve things so you could train them to go get your medication and bring it to you, get you some water to take that medication with. Um, You could train them to retrieve your objects. So if you're, you know, someone who gets really stressed out in social situations and you might forget things behind, you can train your dog to remember those things for you. I think I've had some people do that. You can train them to apply deep pressure. So if you have anxiety attacks, panic attacks, um, you can train the dog to come up on your chest and apply deep pressure in a really specific way. Um, Train them to give comfort, to make space around you. So if you get really anxious in close quarters, you can train the dog to actually keep people away from you and uh, make some space for you. There's a lot of different tasks. Uh, You have allergy alert dogs. So dogs training them to smell specific allergens that you have and to alert you to their presence in either food or the environment or pretty much anywhere uh diabetic alert dogs who are going to be trained to um smell you and uh be aware of your blood sugar levels so high and low blood sugar and alert you to those um and you can even train them to the point where they'll alert you whether it's a blood sugar high or a blood sugar low oh so yeah there's a lot of different things dogs are capable of a lot they're amazing
0: um, I also, you know, there's also physical, uh, mobility yeah, aids, right? Absolutely. So some of the larger breed service dogs, uh, have certain, um, vests or harnesses that they can use to provide physical support yeah. to their person. Um, I know that there's being, you know, there's, there's guide dogs, which we're not going to touch on because yeah. that's an entirely separate a topic, different. a whole separate law on that.
1: You can train them to, um, you know, pull you out of a room. If you're someone who freezes up, you can train them to get you out of that room uh at any specific moment so there's so many different tasks and even if it's not a task that you traditionally see a service dog do or that maybe hasn't been shown before but you want your dog to do something depending on what it is chances are we can teach your dog to do that for you um just with some training yeah yeah
0: and so with that when we're going over these examples I notice a lot of them are related to mental health And so I think it's an important distinction to make, again, in Ontario, because we in Ontario do not have emotional support animals, which is another big misconception out there. um, Because, again, you can go online and someone will say, I'm going to certify this emotional support animal. Yeah. And so in our region, um, basically an emotional support animal is a psychiatric service dog. Yeah. And so there isn't a separate designation for that. And um, it's something that people sort of get sucked into, I think, because in other places there's different laws. Um, But there are no specific laws in Ontario about emotional support animals. There are service dog laws for psychiatric service animals. So it's important to make that distinction as well. Absolutely. Um, And I believe on the list of healthcare providers, there are some mental health professionals that are on that list. So Mm -hmm. depending on, you know, your needs and why you have the service dog, um, that list of healthcare providers will tell you, you know, who can write that note for you to have a service dog. Yeah. Um, So with regards to the note, when you're in public, and I think everybody who's done any AODA training for a job or anything would know. um,
1: But you could be asked for um, proof of that note yeah yeah usually you have to have um some sort of identifying feature on your dog like a vest or something that identifies them as a service dog or that note um or sometimes both I guess in some cases
0: um so i think just based on um the precedent in ontario Mm -hmm. you do need the note like you can't just slap a a vest on the dog and go but i have found actually with a lot of clients that the vest is helpful for them because yes. then people don't come up and ask you, right? And, it, you know, it's it's tough when someone's coming and saying, hey, can I see the note from your medical doctor? Yeah. Right? So they're able to just sort of have that visual, oh, this is a service dog, and then they can sort of go about their business. Yeah. Now, I know when I've been doing public access training with clients, um, some people don't know how to act. And I think there's an education piece here.
1: Yes. And I think it's important to uh, talk about that because people love seeing dogs in public. Um, Everybody loves a dog in public uh, but with service dogs it's really important that we don't interrupt them because when you have a dog who is a working dog in public they have to be focused on their job and yes they're trained to ignore distractions and we work really hard on that but if someone is coming right up in their space and touching them or talking directly to them, that's going to distract them.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're still a living being, right? They're still an animal. They're still an
1: individual. Dogs aren't robots. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So they still have the potential to get distracted if you are trying hard enough to distract them. So I think it's really important if you see someone, I would say anyone with a dog in public, because if especially in a store or somewhere where you would not normally see dogs, I think it's good to take pause and kind of think, okay, look at the dog look at the person are they busy and then before you even interact with the dog or look at the dog talk to the human and say can i pet your dog if they're not wearing any sort of service dog attire because other people don't want you to pet their dogs maybe yes Um, and if that dog is wearing service dog attire you're not going to be able to pet them Mm -hmm. Um, they are working at that time and you could ask but if anything it's going to be a detriment to I think the yeah, human yeah and people feel awkward right they don't want to say no yeah um,
0: so I think in that case like if if I see a service dog I know it's you want to look at them right they're yeah. so cute you want to look at them don't stare yeah <laughs> it's my number yes. one don't
1: stare at them don't stare at the
0: human don't stare at the dog
1: yeah um, I've had some pretty crazy experiences in public uh, when I'm doing public access training with people, which is why when I start public access training with people, I go with them so I can act as a buffer Mm -hmm. between them and other people in public and between them and the dog and sort of, you know, head people off a little bit Uh, because you'll get people who see the dog and they like stare it right in the eye or they want to bark at the dog or say, oh, hi, puppy before they even think about it. Um, And that can be really difficult on the service dog handler and the service dog as well.
0: I actually, I was out um, with a client ages ago and, and a, someone fed the dog while they were working, <laughs> like snuck behind the person. Yeah, And it's just, don't sneak, you know, and, and I think how to act around service dogs is, uh, it's tricky because it's different for everybody, right? Yeah. Some people would say, yeah, you can say hi, but I think the majority would, would like to be left alone.
1: Yeah, for the most part, service dogs are expected to ignore people. Most handlers will probably not let you say hi to their dog. Uh, especially if that dog is in training, it's going to be a minority who's going to say, yes, you can pet my service dog. Um, And so I wouldn't even bother asking. I would let the people and the dog go about their day, about their shopping. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good to touch on kids as well um, with service dogs, people with their kids in public, you know, at home, educate your kids a little bit about what service dog is, dogs with jobs, what they do. And if they see a dog who's a service dog or a dog in store, or really a dog anywhere yeah um talk to you first before they go up and pet a dog or they go up and see a dog and that's just a, a basic safety yeah, thing right, for sure
0: too, is because we don't want them just approaching dogs
1: yeah but i think too when they see a dog
0: like if, if a young child sees a dog in a grocery store or somewhere that they normally wouldn't that's going to be very exciting so exactly. i think it's a it's an educational moment right yeah I think, obviously I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of service dog handlers would say, you know, I don't mind if you take a second and educate your
1: child and say, no, you can't. For sure. Or I even know some who are happy to help do some of the educating themselves. Um, But definitely having that talk beforehand with your kids, say, hey, this is what these dogs do. There are books out there on it. There's TV Mm -hmm. shows that touch on it. Um, Look up some of those, find them. We can probably even include some links.
0: Yeah, we can definitely find some good stuff. So um, on that note... Therapy dogs are for interacting with. Yes. So <laughs> service dogs and therapy dogs are very different. And often yeah. I've had um, people contact and say, you know, I want a therapy dog, where what they mean is they want a service dog yeah. and and vice versa. So they say they want a service dog because they want to go and visit hospitals and they want to go to long-term care homes and yeah. they want to, you know, do all those things. So um, locally, we have two main Uh, organizations that certify for therapy dogs. Therapy dogs do need to be certified, (laughs) uh, certified, registered in Ontario. And um, St. John's Ambulance is one of them. And another one locally that's more recent, um, but I do know one of our instructors is certified through them uh, as well as Pet Partners. And so Pet Partners and St. John's are two organizations that certify therapy dogs and they have their own set of rules and all that stuff yeah um but there's you know there's insurance and there's liability and there's testing involved
1: yes there is um and i think it's important to note that service dogs and therapy dogs are similar in the fact that they both need a higher level of training Mm -hmm. um and we make sure there's obedience there really good socialization everything but they're complete opposites when it comes to you can't touch a service dog and you can't interact with the service dog and therapy dogs like you said you encourage it and we want you to interact with them um and so much so that i think at st john's doesn't actually allow service dogs to be therapy dogs because those jobs are kind of
0: they are because uh, a service dog you want to be for one person and a therapy dog you want to be for everybody
1: yeah (laughs) um and so therapy dogs are great uh i don't do as much of the therapy dog training but i have done a few
0: yeah so i actually um my dog holly who passed recently was a a therapy dog And we did the test through St. John's and um, her personality was very outgoing. She really loved everybody. So that was a a natural sort of fit for her. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for therapy dogs, you're looking for the temperament that um, they want to go toward people. Yes. And they can be around dogs, you know, not necessarily to play with them, but they need to be able to exist around dogs. Yeah. Calmly. Um, Yes. Calmly. And um, there's also the training aspect. So I know when I did the test, although it was many years ago, um, there were aspects of uh, the the dog listening to you in different scenarios. So not just in one room, right? Traveling around, walking on different textures, um, socializing with different people with different sizes and different looks and wearing different things. Yeah. Um, There was the dog responding to known cues. So things like sits and downs, there was um, some greeting aspects. So I did the test obviously with a large dog yeah. and they're not allowed to put their paws on people Whereas small dogs, you're allowed to pick them up and put them on people. Um, they had to be okay with noises. They had to be okay with grooming. Their nails mm-hmm. had to be trimmed and they had to be brushed before every visit. Yeah. they had to be in good shape. Quite a few standards. Um, so lots, to meet. lots of standards for yeah. therapy dogs. Um, but I think that's important because these yeah. are dogs that you're bringing in to see vulnerable people Absolutely.
1: And you want them to be, you know, very social, very outgoing. Yeah. And and I think that's something you said at the beginning there, right, is you want dogs who are willing to go up to other people. So I find, like I said, I haven't done a lot of this therapy dogs, but I've done a few. And you get people who email wanting their dogs to be specifically therapy dogs and they say he's great in the home. He loves us. He's very sympathetic and, you know, has a lot of empathy. But the dog is not very comfortable around new people and around strangers and i think that you can get a dog used to being around strangers but if they don't really love it yeah um it might not be the job for them and that's okay your dog can be great with you and with the people you know and still be a lovely happy companion they don't necessarily need to have a job and they don't necessarily need to be a therapy dog
0: Yeah, I think pet dogs can have their own jobs, right? That's that's something that, you know, we do. We have agility dogs. We have, you know, dogs who do scent work. We do all
1: kinds of different things with pet dogs. Absolutely. And so they can be your lovely, friendly companion. Um, It just might not be the type of dog you want to be a therapy dog.
0: So part of this, when you're thinking about service dogs and therapy dogs is selecting the right dog. Yes. Right. And I know we don't have a ton of time to go into all of that. And I know there's you know, we do have an episode that's going to be coming up about how to choose a dog in general. Absolutely. But when you're looking for a service dog uh, or a therapy dog, I guess, what are your thoughts on what people should look for
1: in each of those? So I think and this is talking the ideal for me because we can, you know, look at any dog as a service dog prospect, even an older dog, if you want to make them into a service dog, as long as they can meet, you know, our expectations and your expectations, we can definitely do that. Uh, but i would definitely look at getting a puppy if you really want a service dog that you're training you know as a prospect i would look at getting a puppy and when you're looking at getting a service dog puppy i think i would be looking for a registered breeder Mm -hmm. Um, i would be looking for someone who has service dogs somewhere in the line so they've had dogs who have gone on to be service dogs before and they've proven that you know some of their dogs can do that Mm -hmm. you're looking for really good temperament um and if we're talking about breeds yes any breed could potentially be a service dog but there's definitely some breeds who are going to go into it a lot easier and are going to be a little bit easier in terms of the training so something like a lab um
0: yeah I mean there's a reason why the guide dogs for the blind yeah. and all those big organizations do have lab
1: breeders yeah. and,
0: and poodle breeders yeah. as well
1: and they're you know they're a lot I don't want to say easier to socialize but a little bit easier to socialize than something like a Cane corso who's going yeah. to you know take a little bit more socialization so there's a little bit something to consider there um don't go for a breed of dog for your service dog just because you like the way they look or you think they look intimidating or something like that you want something that's going to work with you um and i think the biggest thing is looking for someone with service dogs in their lines yeah, before. yeah. and it's such a commitment right you don't yes. want to make
0: all that you know put in all this work into a dog and then they end up not being suitable yeah which totally happens that happens from it does. breeders who literally breed for service dogs exactly. right so it definitely happens but um you want to set yourself up for success though that you possibly can
1: yeah and if you were to give us a call you know we could have a chat about that if you're thinking of getting a service dog prospect as a puppy send us an email give us a call we can chat about you know what breeds are you looking at what are your needs in terms of a service dog um and kind of where what would be the best direction before you go and get a puppy that maybe isn't a service dog prospect or doesn't have what it takes to yeah do the job
0: So to conclude a little bit, um, we do have that page on our website. So uh, under consultations, there's a service dog tab. So you can totally look at that for more information. Um, We have some resources on there, how to choose a service dog. We have some free courses that are on there from the service dog uh, training institute, uh, which is an organization out of B.C. Uh, So the standards are a little bit different, but you know, the behaviors that you're going to train are going to be similar. Um, and we're always happy to answer any questions as far as service dog training, therapy dog training, or you can always reach out to, um, for therapy dog training, one of the organizations that does the certifying, right? So, um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to get in touch with us. Um, you can reach out by email, you can check out our website. We have a contact page, uh, or you can give us a call. We do keep phone hours and you can chat with Kelsey. So, uh, thank you everybody. And we'll see you next time. See you.